Hello, this is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, with me, Michael Keel, and me, Roger Bellwest. And we're going to be talking about a Kickstarter, which you won't be able to um, uh, back unless you've already done so, because it's closed, but we think it's interesting. When campaigns go bad. Wrong. And uh, also about the issue of adapting fiction to role-playing games. on Kickstarter. Or rather, Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game, powered by GURPS, is on Kickstarter. By the time you hear this, the Kickstarter will have closed. So you cannot not... be accused of being commercial on this broadcast. So we're not going to encourage you to put money into it. However, this is a thing people have been asking about for a long time, because practically every other role-playing game company is now funding stuff by Kickstarter. So, why, why hasn't GURPS, and why has it started now? Well, this is obviously the most... Um, I'm not sure any, any GURPS is hugely commercial, but this is the most commercial bit of GURPS. Well, actually, I think Discworld is probably the most commercial bit of GURPS, and they've delayed publishing that for an age. But it is obviously a way to make uh, make Dungeon Fantasy into a um, a gateway drug for the rest of the system, at least that's what those of us who care about the system and enjoy using it will think. But I'm not sure that's the way to that most people will use it, if they use it at all. Yeah, and of, of all the ways people play role-playing games, of all the settings and so on, the yeah. basic go down a dungeon and kill things and take their stuff is probably the one that I find least interesting. However, it is also probably about 90% of the market. So... From a commercial point of view, certainly this makes sense. Yeah, the I'm not sure that's in, entirely true, but then I've not probed. It, I've not played D and D since 1979, and I've not probed into the mindset of people who do play D and D. I don't have any much in my in my acquaintance. But even in D and D, D and D isn't isn't just dungeon crawling, and this is very much a a dedicated, primary, primarily intended to recreate the feeling of going down a gilded hole in the ground. We may we may meet different people. The people I know who are playing D and D at all, most of them have gone on to other things, but they are basically mostly playing dungeon crawls because oh. that's that's what people like, apparently. Ugh. Well, there's there's <laughs> something I picked up. What's it called? Skyrim. At the moment, and um, enjoying the, the 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 visceral experience of going down dangerous holes in the ground and whacking at things, whilst being desperately conscious that I'm not terribly good at it. <laughs> um, I I don't have the coordination to. Um, I keep getting stabbed in the back by by zombies. It, it's really d- deeply embarrassing. But yet there is there is something very appealing about the heart pounding of going around the next corner and find. I'm not sure that tabletop role playing is compared with computer games a really good way of doing it, but it's it's it it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, certainly, uh, if if you look at the designers' notes that have uh, been published so far, yeah, 
there's a lot of emphasis not not just on here is what this game does, but here is how this game does it better than certain other games which we're not going to name. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what are they saying? You know, if if you want to learn a spell, you put down the point and learn the spell. You don't have to make a die roll to see if you can learn it. Is, uh, is that if, a thing if, in D&D? Apparently. If, if you want to get this particular um, upgrade, you don't have to get 17 other upgrades first in, in a particular tree. You can just say, OK, I'm going to save up the points and have this one. Yeah. That sort of thing. Oh, well, well Gerbs can do that uh, and can say prerequisite here, prerequisite yeah, there. But as a general rule, it doesn't. No, and Specifically, yeah. It, it, it should be borne in mind, Dungeon Fantasy is not Gerbs. It is not directly compatible. A lot of things are... are you, know, you, you could move from one to the other with very little trauma. Well, hang on, hang on, but hang on. but where, where there was a tension between keep it exactly compatible and make it simpler and more dungeon fantasy focused, they've been quite happily saying yes, we're go- we're going for the latter. Well, hang on, give it give examples because the only thing I, I... Well, for example, huge swathes of spells are gone, huge swathes of skills are gone. Yeah, but that's that's still backward compatible if you want to if you want to ch- to change change it. The the fact they've got have they gone with a fire and forget. Um, spell spell no. type, no. Well, in that case, it's not that different from uh, from. There are uh, from sta- standard GURPS. It uses the the same sort of mechanics and the same sort yeah, of. As I say, it, it's close. It's it's a specialised subset, uh, at least as I understand stand their strategy. There are one or two specific changes that are. Fairly minor and might perhaps show up in a future GURPS edition if, if a future GURPS edition happens. Uh, things like Signature Gear has changed from one point gets you a certain amount of money into which you can fit your gear that is protected yeah. to you pay for the gear normally with your starting cash, but one point protects one gear. It just gives you the plot protection now. Mm. One one item of any scope. Yeah, I... Which, yeah. Yeah. I, I I tell you one thing that uh, that I would I would welcome in in GURPS, and I know people have tried to do it, um, is getting rid of counting money and, uh, and making wealth levels something more like you have in Rain. I'm still looking into that. That there is one core problem, which is there are lots of systems. D20 Modern has one, most obviously, where where you say, okay, this is my wealth level, and when I buy a thing that's that that expensive. Yeah, there there is some sort of um, check based on the difference between the two, and if I buy something that's too expensive, my wealth level will go down. Yeah. So, yeah, you you can say, um, right, I I can I can afford an arrow trivially, mm-hmm. but I cannot afford um, a box of ten thousand arrows. I cannot afford an arrow factory. What happens when I try to buy ten thousand arrows individually? Most of these systems, well, no system I've seen yet can cope with that. There has to be some sort of arbitrary, you have to chunk them up into sections, or... I think what you get is, you spare, you, uh, the, the, is the, you waste the time of your character going off and individually buy, buying 10,000, um, uh, 10,000 arrows. You, you... Well, this is the thing. It, it, it doesn't make sense. If you could, Buy ten thousand arrows. You could buy them all at once. Yeah, uh, and if you couldn't, then you shouldn't be able to buy them individually, which would take you longer and cost you more. But that, yeah, this, I, th- I think I this think... is the sort of problem that that, that that sort of system has to cope with. I'm I'm working on a solution for this. Okay, I'm I'm sure it's fix- fixable. But that was a digression. All right, given that they've done this adaptation, this 
reduction and pre-packaging, is it a good idea? I mean, not uh, not from an artistic point of view, but from a commercial one. Well, uh, it, it's clearly attracted a lot of money, and mm. at, it was a hundred thousand dollar goal on the Kickstarter. At this point, it looks likely to end up around one hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are recording this some days before the Kickstarter ends, and okay. clearly, people are interested in it. I mean. There is a market out there which is quite happy to lay down one hundred or two hundred dollars for for a big physical game product. Yeah, which isn't happy to spend those two hundred dollars on fifteen or twenty separate short GURPS PDFs, which is personally what I'd much rather have. Yeah, the, as I get older, I'd, I'd much rather have the physical copy in front of me. I, I don't know why. Maybe my eyesight's starting to go. But have you, I, have you dealt with a with a printing service? Yeah, but that costs money too. Yeah, but less. It's cheaper to buy the PDF and have it printed in this country than to import the book. Mm. Also, true. I've got, I've had a friend who did that with uh, GURPS Thaumatology, and managed to get get Drax copy, uh, put on, on the back page, <laughs> um, just to make just to make sure it doesn't get stolen. So he now has his unique individual individual copy of, of GURPS Thaumatology, and I can see that might be an attraction for some people. <laughs> All right. But, but anyway, um, the thing is, what, what I see is that a lot of the big projects are what one might call lavish, uh, big mm. physical artefacts. You know, we, we will not, not only give you a 500-page book, yeah. but it will be full-colour illustrated throughout and so on. And... Yeah. As far as I know, they're sticking. I think they're sticking with black and white internal for Dungeon Fantasy. Yeah, it, com- it comes in a box. It comes with books. The books are softback. Uh, yes, and um, you get the the new core the new core books and all of the all of the supplements if you pay enough. It depends on how you do it. Yeah, um, the the there is the I want it all tier which right now has a dollar value of roughly half of what it will cost you to engage, uh, to get it, if you don't already have all of GURPS in PDF, which I do. Yeah, well, yeah, me, me pretty much me too. I think I may be missing one or two of the, of the power-ups things, but uh, otherwise, no, I, I, I tend to be fairly obsessive, and um, I find it useful. Oh, hell no, I haven't got all the action stuff, I haven't got all the martial arts stuff, but yeah. Is it a good introduction... Is this sort of thing a good introduction to? If you had a, a, a newbie, somebody who had not role played before, would you give him GURPS Dungeon? Would you give him Dungeon Fantasy powered by GURPS as a present if you were a, a very rich uncle? I cannot say that until I've seen the books, but I certainly get the impression from what from what Sean Punch has said that one of their primary focuses is all right. You have. You you know vaguely what role playing is because everybody now knows what vaguely what role playing is. It's been insu- uh, nerds have been insulted a lot on on on, on prime time TV for it. But you may not know how the game actually works. So, yeah, yeah. It, it it is. A th- I can't exactly call it a second generation because it's more like a third generation. But in terms of the introductions to books, I I think it is now okay. You know roughly what a role playing game is. We will dismiss that in a paragraph. But here is how this specific game works. And yeah. fr- from what I've heard, um, that that has been very much um, a a goal 
to make it easy because what one of the biggest complaints people have about uh GURPS at the moment and um, there's been an RPG net thread everything you always want to know about GURPS but too afraid to ask yeah as a sort of side side note to this campaign um one of the biggest complaints people have there is there is all this stuff I have to read before I can even generate a character you know, yeah the, all, all the advantages disadvantages skills do do I need to worry about uh, weird powers all mm. the rest of it and that that is something that Dungeon Fantasy absolutely fixes. I mean, GURPS has already had, though not perhaps as obviously as it might, a template-based character generation option. Yeah. Uh, most obviously in the old Dungeon Fantasy series and action and so on. They even have a book about how to build te- how to build templates. Yeah. Um, so if you want, if you pick up a copy of Dungeon Fantasy and want to start playing it. It will guide you. So, okay, here is how you generate your character, which is you mm. pick one of these big templates: barbarian, knight, swashbuckler, mm. wizard, whatever. That will then guide you down to the choices you have to make within it, and then you know, within I don't know, twenty minutes, half an hour. I haven't, I haven't gone through it myself, but it takes me less time than that. Yeah, but Roger, you are uh, uh, you are perhaps not uh, a virgin in these matters. Yeah, so that's why I'm assuming it will take two or three times as long for for a newcomer. Okay. But you will have a, re- a character who's ready to play, and then you can start bashing things. Yeah. So that's good. I think, uh, yeah, pre-gens should be uh, something that, 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 that they have in the, in the books anyway. I believe they're talking about fully pre-generated characters as well. There was one released as a Kickstarter update yesterday, hmm. uh, as in here, here is a full sheet ready to play. No, no choices to make at all. Okay. It's not not what I tend to like, but it's there. Uh, they, they were talking about a possible free PDF. Uh, and if there isn't an official product, I'm sure that the uh, forums will provide. Mm. I would wish that... Would there be room on the back of this for them to update the character, generate, uh, character generator program? Because it... Uh, I, no, no. The, the, the thing is that what would serve this... Um, which would be a dungeon fantasy only character generator is not what I want to see, which is a, an improved character generator, which allows you to create the, uh, the, the, the world definitions, um, yourself rather than having to rely on, well, people like you, Roger, to, uh, <laughs> to figure out, out, uh, how to, how to do it. And then... Well, Ar- Ar- Armin has said that's one of his goals for GCA 5, but he is just one guy working on this in his spare time, so. Yeah, well, be this as it as it may. One thing that occurs to me is: this actually a gateway drug, or are people going to go that this far and no further? Well, obviously, I hope it's a gateway drug, mm. um, because as I say, this is this doesn't really interest me a lot. I may well run it a bit, um, but it's not the sort of thing I role play to do. On the other hand, and and. As simply as if people are used to the idea of dungeon fantasy RPG powered by GURPS, then when they see GURPS listed in in a bunch of games being run at a convention, they are yeah. less likely to say, "Oh, eek, it's GURPS. That's scary." Because it's, because they've played DF RPG and they say, "Oh, well, that's GURPS. That's not scary." Is there room for another box set for action? Would seem to be the logical next step. The only post I've seen about this from SJ Games staff is, is suggesting that if this does well there might be a Reign of Steel boxed set, which obviously interests me. <laughs> I, I cannot say whether I've been approached to do anything about that, though um, I, I would seem one of the obvious choices. Um, 
I, I, agree, I agree that action is, is an obvious way to go. I, I don't know why action has not sold well. It is, of the um, pre-built versions, it is my favourite. I've, I've used it as templates in several campaigns. Um, it is it is generally useful. Action would need a world to go with it. There, there well, is a world. It's the modern world as you see in action films. Yeah, true. And there is a world. Well, it would require um, something like a Man from Uncle or or a, a James Bond setting. Well, you could. I don't think you have to. Yeah, I, I don't. I, that one of the appeals of of dungeon fantasy is that it has this peculiar default setting in which. There are huge piles of gold hidden in monster-infested lairs. That's true, and the, and the thing we've said before, being able to summarise a campaign as you are X who do Y, yeah, does make it easier to explain. You do X, you are X who do Y in a world in which is, but all bundled up into that into that box, and I can see why they're going for why they might go for. Why Roger is 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 crossing his fingers and hoping they will go for um, Reign of Steel because it is you can say here this is Terminator the role playing game this is well you can't actually say that but you can hint at it very strongly well yeah um, excuse me but, but in yes, a world yes. in which robots have triumphed men cower in the rubble a few bold heroes you, you can do that yeah mm-hmm. that's what they they have on the back yeah. Uh, I am available to do voiceovers, Steve Jackson games. <laughs> I don't get the, uh, the, the, the fear of GURPS, though, um, when I, when I, uh, when I prod my memories of GURPS vehicles, it, it does cause me slight, slight perturbation. It is a bit like your habit of using Linux and command line, uh, a command line interfaces is to me, who is a, a mere Windows user. Um, looking at looking at GURPS for some, for some people who are, are used to more prepackaged packages, yeah. GURPS, GURPS is frightening. That was one of the other things that's com- that's come up on that RPG Net thread, which, which I'll link to in the mm. show notes. People who are not already GURPS players are used to games where fundamentally you are expected to use all the rules. Mm. If you get D and D. It is expected that all the books that the GM owns will be in play, and quite possibly some of the books the players own as well. Um, Whereas the first job of a GURPS GM is to say, "No, that isn't in yeah, my GURPS game." Yeah, GURPS is a construction kit. And okay, at the moment there are not complicated rules for vehicles in fourth edition. There probably will be one day, hmm. but it's an option. And if if what you want is just the stats for a sports car, well, there's a stats for a sports car in the basic set. You don't need the vehicles book. Hmm. Uh, if you're not, if you're using just basic punching people rather than sophisticated martial arts, you absolutely don't need martial arts, um, and so on. Yeah. I will, uh, I, I will not buy this thing because, uh, uh, unless, you know, I win the lottery this weekend, but because I've got all that, that stuff. I'm, it is sort of a neat idea. There are bits of it that I'd like in, but I'm not going to uh, spend a few hundred dollars. I've just, um, I do know the temptation towards uh, towards buying stuff. There's a role-playing game whose name I can't remember at this moment, a storytelling game rather, which comes which comes with a very expensive silk scroll, which is is the 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 template on which you play out the game and go from play, mm-hmm. place to place. 
and it looks lovely and and that is the sort of thing i would probably buy if i were ludicrously wealthy but my present for myself was i didn't buy the uh, i didn't buy the god's war but went for a, a copy of unknown armies uh, the new edition um, which i i had didn't kickstarter in time but i've gone and bought the but yeah if you run that sometime want to know about it yeah probably will it looks it looks weirder than the than the old one uh, anyway, I, I I am buying um, both hard copy and PDF versions. Um, hard copy because they because after the first week or so they finally uh, saw sense and had some within Europe shipping, uh. which reduced the cost from twice what an American would pay to about ten percent more, which which is sensible. Yeah, it's uh, it gets to be an issue over here that there are a number of companies which have either either side of the Atlantic or good relations with somebody on the other side of the Atlantic, which makes um, which makes life a lot easier. America is still the primary market and is probably going to be uh, for a good long time. The particular situation in the UK is if if an outside Europe company ships something to us as individuals rather than uh, for a dropship, then not only do we have to pay the 20% VAT ourselves, which is fair enough because the dropshipper would pay that and pass it on in the price, mm. but we also have to pay a collection fee, which can also, which can often be more than the VAT was, without the option. Collection from who? Uh, Royal Mail. Right. <sighs> or whichever courier service they use. Yeah. Well, hopefully... Um... Hopefully, the 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 ingenuity of uh, of the human race is not going to be boggled by this for much longer, and we can start having. I don't know. Is there a, is there a case for an industry service, or are we just too small for? There are industry services already. Mm. Um, the only question is how much they charge. Yeah. Oh well, have we come to an end? I think uh, pretty much. I, I, I'm. I'm looking forward to this, not, not not particularly in itself, but mostly as as a, uh, 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 a slap, slap in the face for the people who say GURPS is dead because they can't see 24 releases a year as an active game because they're not in hard copy. Boo hoo! Hey, uh, on behalf of the of the of of of, of us uh, aged uh, um, luddites, I, I I I protest, but 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 I ta- but I take your point. People, it's very peculiar. There aren't that many game stores anymore, but people do want to see physical product. I think, to be fair, Steve Jackson Games have stuck with the game store model far longer than anybody could reasonably have expected them to. Um, the reason for the Discworld and Mars Attacks delays were that they hadn't had the pre-orders from the game stores that they needed to justify the print run. Well, the game stores mostly aren't there anymore. Yeah. it's Which is uh, very sad and very worrying, but they do serve a purpose as a focus for um, communities. Yes, and but, but building your corporate strategy on something that doesn't exist is, yeah, perhaps and it would be nice if it existed. But quite well, we will uh, we will we'll keep our fingers crossed for uh, Roger's uh, future opportunities and uh, see how this goes. This next bit may turn into a bit of mea culpering and me banging my head against the wall and moaning. Uh, as I intimated in my last uh, contribution, I've had a 
disaster. Uh, I think it's not um, too extreme to say that with one of my campaigns which was ongoing and in which I was enjoying. Um, basically, tensions flare, flared up and I decided it was wisest, given that the tension was over an issue that had arisen before, uh, to scrap the campaign, even though it wasn't nearly finished and I hadn't achieved all that I hoped to achieve with it. Um, this is my Dawn of Magic campaign. It's uh, It was a, an alternate history set in the, in the 17th century, 1677 to 1678, actually, in which um, Isaac Newton, uh, to his own detriment and eventual death, had returned magic to uh, the world. And my player characters were among the first people to be imbued with magic, trying to figure out what they were going to do with it and what it implied for the greater society. And as that implies, it was a game with a lot of three things. A lot of negotiating around a magic system that we were inventing as we went. A lot mm. of political in-playing and a lot of ethical and theological issues. And those are three things which fascinated me, and I think three things which strained my my players. Bad temp tempers were lost, and I saw no way of them not being lost in the future, and I chickened out, possibly. What happened was everybody wanted to talk over everybody else. Everybody wanted to um, say, no, listen to me about mm. this development, and eventually a tempers flared up and somebody walked out for a few weeks. Yeah. Now, I'm not sure what I should have done differently. I'm beginning to think that I shouldn't have let it run for a year and five months. I should have, I should have, even though it wasn't finished, even though I had more things to say, even though I would have lost details in from my memory when I when I stopped it and then restarted it, I should have stopped it firmly at some point and got let somebody do else do something and let and go and or go do something else myself. There is a suggestion that since you can never pick the exact right moment, you should always stop things earlier rather than later. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it, it's very hard hard to know precisely what that moment was, and I don't think I was playing enough to the uh, to the players' interests. I I I was giving them too much of the stuff that I was interested in, and not enough of the. Some of the characters were written as, as secret agents, as action adventurers, and there was too much politics for those particular characters. There was never enough of what each individual person wanted to do. I'd like let the, the group grow to six people, and that was um, perhaps in itself a mistake. There was never enough of what each individual person was best at, and always, and uh, even, even the person who, who had, had the most to do which was the that was the character who was focused on the science of magic and wanting to discover more felt that he was cheated of time um and i know the investigator and the two secret agents were cheated of time and my egomaniac comedian no actually he got plenty of time because that's his nature mm, i'm wondering 
we, we've talked before about how to, how to set up campaigns and negotiate with players. I, a, a thing that's just occurring to me this time is whether whether one might ask a player, yeah, once they've got their character concept together, maybe not all the numbers, yeah, just say, okay, give me sort of two or three things that are things you want your character to be doing in play. Yes. So as it might be, okay, I I want one of my things to be investigating the the um, the, the true nature of magic, or you know, daring rooftop chases, or whatever. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, I I I the, the the clues were for me there were for me there in the the way they created the pre the pre magician uh, characters characters mm. before they um, and I did not listen. Or note carefully enough, and the thing is that a lot of what they were doing was complex and took up a lot of time. The biggest mistake may have been at the core of the game, which is that I wanted to develop a magic system which made sense to me and hopefully to my players, um, and which would still be playable and would not get. It would not be as obviously deliberately broken as Ars Magica is. <laughs> um, but it would have weaknesses and things they could not do, and the things they could not do would make would make sense with it within the game. And we were developing the game the game system as a system as we went. My memory is not of the best, and they shouted at me a lot, and I shouted at them a bit. And I come to the conclusion that I am not a game. I am not a game systems maven. I do not. One of the reasons I normally take other people's universes and other people's game systems and just tweak them a little is that in an emergency I can say to my players, "Actually, no. Look, that's what the rule says. We're going to go with what the mm. rules say," and that saves me a lot of tension. Unfortunately, at the moment, I'm exploring Pendragon and. Um, Greg Stafford, if he's listening to this, I'm terribly sorry, Greg, but you're not the best explainer of rules sometimes, especially when you've got various versions in release and uh, they're not entirely compatible with each other. Yep. You keep changing your mind, I say, gently. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, 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 but at least I can point at something and say, look, it may not make sense, but it, it's in the rules. And that is a great boon to a GM. Um, I've never... Nobody has ever played 100% of all the rules of any published yeah. system. Everybody always house rules. But I think I'm more judicious about my house rules, or maybe I'm more judicious about the systems I choose to start with. And this, the idea of... I get the impression you've, you've got a pretty flexible magic system. Um, yeah. As in you, you have... A, a relatively small number of fairly broad fields rather than lots and lots of tidy specific spells. There were basically the the magic system was a was a uh, was a toolkit. Um, yeah, it was there to with within limits for them to um, for them to design their spells and discover what could be done with it. Uh, I, I, I use yeah. the I use the system one of the systems uh, the verb noun system out of uh, GURPS Thaumatology. Mm. I'm using it pretty much as as published, adding one extra word which was gate. And one specification that magic, which isn't raw magic, which isn't carefully controlled, causes people, ordinary people, not mages, 
um, within the immediate area to want to kill the wizard because mm. it hurts so damn much. Yeah. They had, by the time they, um, they, 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 they crashed, discovered the means of quieting um, their magic, they had to carry big wooden sticks. <laughs> Enchanted big wooden sticks. Well, actually, small big You could stick a wand up your sleeve and nobody would notice. Yeah. Um, and the the thing that occurs to me is that, that since I first met that in uh, Ars Magica and um, mm. Mage, which I met at about the same time, it seemed to me um, a recipe for arguments. I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way, but fundamentally part of the process of, of doing something mm. is justifying to the GM why you can use this particular ability that you have to achieve that effect. Yeah, and I and that's not something I don't, don't particularly object to. It's my life would have been easier if I had better record keeping and if I had written everything up as I went and made decisions to reverse what I'd said before immediately after I said it. On the occasions when I did go back and review and say, no, hang on, that won't work as a general ruling. Um, then they, and I said it the next week, they generally accepted it because I could remember once it's got embedded in their minds, that's a thing that I can, I can mm. do. The other problem is with visualization, with understanding, with people thinking what I had said was different from what I thought I had said. Yeah. And that caused, uh, that caused clashes. Yes, you're, yes, you're right. But in Ars Magica, um, yeah, all right. In Ars Magica, there's spontaneous magic. Almost all the magic in, uh, in what I was doing was spontaneous. Um, there was a, a perk of a pre-generated spell which got the advantage from Gert's magic that you could, with enough skill, you could reduce the cost and time. Mm-hmm. And that was worth their doing, and they had a few spells set up. Each each player had a, uh, had a, at least one spell that they could they could do off the cuff, which was part of their... Um, never mind, it'll come to me. But, as I say, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a, it's a means for, for argument. I don't think that's a bad thing, but... I think I needed to have better ideas, but part of the, pl- the joy of it was exploring what where their minds went. And I, I suppose I should have thought of the of uh, of Graham's scheme of uh, dredging the ocean for uh, all those sunken treasure ships, mm-hmm. uh, which where which was perfectly obvious, and uh, and I should have thought of it in advance. Now you see, you, you start doing a thing like that. My immediate thought about that is. Well, the the non-sunken treasure ships crashed Spain's economy. Yeah, look, look I uh, only there, managed... there, there is there is a key point to stay on between PCs don't have enough money and PCs have nothing to spend money on because there's a howling wasteland outside. Yeah, and, don't and, worry. And most if, of, if they don't get greedy, you know, that, most that, of it then... most of it was confiscated by King King Charles the Second. Um, which, which after which he crashed the economy. Uh, well, yeah, well, yeah, it was either that or he goes to war with with France. And given that France was the other great magical power in the in, in the setting, um, they didn't want to do that. <laughs> um, yeah, there would have been problems. I only got through five months of of world a game world world play. So and uh, and they haven't e- and the queen hadn't even given birth to the magically um, assisted uh, royal heir yet. So there was plenty. There was plenty more to play for. But I think my hard and fast observation is, I am not a rules maven, and I should have. Uh, I should have broken earlier, 
and perhaps a third one, I should have let time go by faster, or required more time of the investigations that they made. I'm not mm. quite. I'm not quite sure if that were, was was wise, but I. They had the feeling that I was always throwing things at them which were irrelevant to the things they wanted to do, and they couldn't get forward with the, with the long term. And that's me being a GM. And maybe mm. I'm, I'm just remembering Phil Master's Gloriana campaign, mm. uh, which I I can't remember how long it's run for in real time, but probably. Um, four years, call, call, call it a, between 100 and 200 sessions, perhaps, mm. and it has covered about four months. Yeah. On the other hand, an awful lot has happened in that time. I don't know what my... I know, I know se what several of my mistakes were. I'm not sure I wouldn't make them again. I'm, go I, I, I'm sort of t tempted to get out my copy of uh, Microscope, gathering, gather the players together and work out what happened after. Hmm. Uh, Though it, that does require you to fix an endpoint at the beginning of the game, doesn't it? It does, yeah. Um, I, I'm going to have to read the uh, expansion of Microscope to see if there are any suggestions in there. Um, microscope Explorer to see if there are any suggestions in there about not starting with an endpoint, only starting with the beginning. I think... It depends on how long term you want to be. There were there were the possibilities of wars and possibilities of quite sensible triumph, but there was not the possibility, given that every time a new mage appears and tries to cast a spell, there's going to be problems. Actually, I don't know that applies. Maybe, yeah. One thing I think is, is worth considering as, as a result of this is getting to the point where you decided that a game isn't working. Mm. Once you're there... How do you decide whether you are going to make changes to the game? Yeah. Or can it? Well, that's a very good question. I um I do have a tendency to be perfectionist, some of my players have told me. And in the wake of uh of this collapse, my um Knights Black Agents uh Dracula dossier game did uh, I could I could see every single flaw in it and every single moment when it wasn't going as well as it should be going and um, every moment when the players protested to me about the game system and it went through my and I nearly back and I, I I came close to 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 dumping it I think I've got over that hump uh, ideally you want to come to a point where there can be a break in the action. And people can sit back and say, what's working up to now? Where do you want the game to go from here? Is this still being fun? And I, perhaps I ought to do that more often, even with game, when games are going flyingly. But I do tend to be a perfectionist and I do tend to hear the, the grinding and the, the gnashing of the gears too much. My usual experience is that I want to end the game before the players do, which I suppose is probably a good thing. I mean, rather than the other way round. Yeah. Um, we, we've talked about ending Torg. Uh, the, the last big game I ended up was Age of Aquarius, the 1960s sign mm. campaign, where basically I, I was running out of ability to come up with interesting things to happen every two weeks. Mm. Uh, oh, never and and I, I'd, I'd rather pause and... Say so, okay, maybe we'll come back to it sometime, and maybe we will. But yeah. 
for the moment, let's do something else. I think one problem was that I I did not have an end point firmly in mind. I had a spray of possible endings, complications, from the quietly collegial um, to the uh, totally apocalyptic. But I did not have a driving direction. I've had games before where I've known from the start where it was going, and games where I've known from the middle where it was going. But this is the longest I've run without having a definite decision. Yeah, they've made the they made this decision. They've this is what's happened. It must lead to that. And mm. I, I was thinking that was going to happen with with my World War Two with Magic game. Um, and there there are some avenues that are being closed off, but there is an awful lot that is still in play. Yeah. I mean, at this point we're in 1944, and I, I'm not trying to be very ahistorical. Hmm. So it is pretty clear that you know, now, now that D-Day has happened, it is basically a matter of time for the Germans, yeah. unless they come up with something amazing. Which, yeah, well, vengeance weapons with magic could be really nasty. I couldn't possibly comment. Hmm. Right. <laughs> All right. This has been a service announcement in the interest of perhaps making, if not my game, better, maybe yours yours better. There are um, moments of failure, and I think maybe my mistake was I haven't recruited a bunch of players who agree with me on everything and never argue. That was possibly my primary error. Uh, I need more people around me who think I'm really wonderful. The, the Cambridge guys argue with me, but they seem to be interested in exploring the recesses of what comes out of my brain. So <laughs> I can't tell. Oh, well, we will move on to happier, brighter things. adaptations has come out quite recently, somewhat overshadowed by the Dungeon Fantasy Kickstarter that started afterwards. But it's an interesting book, and I think it deserves to be talked about. It's an odd book for a start, because it's the sort of thing that I think pretty much would only get published for GURPS. There's no, there's, most role-playing games come with a setting. Yeah. Or if they don't come with a setting, they come with a meta setting that says, this is a game about a post-apocalyptic Earth, and you can fill in the details. Yeah, this is a game about the secret agents and vampires. Yeah, but, well, except that there are out there a number of generic games, and this, and what's more, a number of generic systems, meta-systems, um, that can be adapted and are adapted. And we adapt things all the time. I I have several ideas for adapting um, things to rain, which um, are science-fictional or, um, or pulp-fictional, uh, and... We are the sort of people who tinker with game game systems. Yep. So this is the sort of uh, sort of book, the sort of advice that we appreciate and need. Well, by William Stoddart. Officially, the purpose of this book is adapting uh, specific fictional sources into games. Uh, that is mostly what it's about. Mm. So, the the thing I found quite interesting to start with is. Um, how do you, how do you work new stories around an existing one? I mean, so, say you're starting mm. with, uh, as it might be, The Wizard of Oz, which is right. one of the out of copyright examples that gets used. Fair enough. Um, do do you have a prequel, a sequel? Do you fill in gaps between existing events? 
do you tell, tell a story about minor characters or about a location that was mentioned but never got on stage, that sort of thing? Do you do a slice of life in Oz? Um, I, I can imagine, you know, he talks about slice of, li- uh, of life settings and, and domestic. Uh, what, is the, what, is the, what is the everyday life of, of Princess Ozma? Uh, this uh, you you know more about fan fiction than I do. Yeah, um, possibly, almost certainly. But yeah. it, it does seem like a guide for what, what I would call fairly traditional style of fan fiction, as mm. in you're taking a specific fictional universe and then running games in it. Yeah, um, that is something. So, I, so, I so, do you, so you could say quite explicitly, you know, this is a Wizard of Oz game. That that is a CSI game or whatever. Yeah. Um, but Bill has confirmed that it's what he does, and if, if he posted a list of some of his old campaigns, it was things like uh, Buffy in Spanish colonial California, mm-hmm. or the Vorkosigan, um Forty years after after Miles's death. Yeah. Or Lord of the Rings after Sauron won the won the War of the Ring as, yeah. as an alternate history. So he he's twisting the the ancestral universe so that you don't overlap with the original story but it is still recognizably that universe he's also talking about reinventions which is a a, a major thing um is actually a, ma- a major breakthrough in, in in storytelling i think which television and movies have somehow created but and justified in a few cases <laughs> Uh, let, let's do a remake, but let's let's do it with modern sensibilities and with uh, modern uh, modern uh, uh, TV and film tech, technology, and it works better in some cases than it does in others. If you tried to remake Tarzan with the original sensibility, nobody would go and see it. As it is, I don't think anybody's going to see it anyway. But that's it. <laughs> All right, go on. This struck me as odd because it caused me to realise that what what I do is in some ways the reverse of this. And he he's saying you decide. You, you, on your on your source, yeah. then you could start identifying the, the things that are important about it. Um, you, oh. could, you could call it the themes, perhaps. You know, what, what it's about. Yeah. This, this is a story about um, scrappy heroes overcoming adversity, as it might yeah. be. What I tend to do is go the other way around. I, I start with the sort of stories I want to tell in a world. Mm-hmm. And hang, then, hang, hang, hang yeah. on. In a world. That, that, that's an important point. Well, yeah, but... Uh, but uh, Usually, I start with a very broad genre, like this is going to be a space game, mm-hmm. um, and then I then I start filling in. Okay, it's going to be a space game with this sort of thing that's going on. You know, it's going to be gritty or cinematic or mm. that sort of thing. Then then I start stealing from all sorts of related media in yeah. order to support that. Um, but the world itself is not could not be labelled usually as it is this. Yeah, well. This is this book is primarily about yeah you're right about the fanfic impulse. The book is still useful for this though because what you get in in this is identifying themes and and yeah and premise and genre and so on within a within a book and that that's still useful even even if you're not using it directly. Now, this is a book about about falling in love with a particular world and saying what can I do with it. I Largely, think yes. the, I think the weakest point is that it doesn't always answer it doesn't always go straight to the, to the core of you are x that do y who are the people and what is more who are who is the team because role-playing except for a few uh a few occasions um there are there's such thing a thing as one-to-one playing and if i did had done more of it i'd talk more about it but role-playing is a, is a, a team activity a group activity and you need to be able to define the team and Look, for one of the things he chooses 
is is to to look at as a as a thing we could adapt is Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Where is the team? Your five sisters who want to find a husband. There is a limited supply. In a world in which, um, is, to, is, to be fair to Bill, I think he he has got in in his own games not not often had or had something only related to the team as we recognise it. Mm. Uh, I remember he was talking about a transhuman space game a while back in which several of the characters were were fairly philosophically opposed to each other, knew each other vaguely, but I, but they were quite often going off doing individual things and yeah. only occasionally coming together. Well, that uh, that may work. I, know, I, I think all, all his games have individual agenda for for the characters. I'm not I'm not against that, but I think there needs to be a team agenda. And it, if if there were, I mean, one of my one of my my failures, as I said as I said earlier, in the Dawn of Magic game was not giving individual agendas enough 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 stroking and attention and attention. But overall, the whole story is uh, that brings brings them together and makes it one story. Is around uh, a team of people uh, doing things um, and and learning in the set, to, moving to to resolve the same set of challenges um, in different ways, and that is something that I think he is. That is the first thing I I, I look at. Or maybe it's the first thing I look at after the world. I can see the answer in... Uh, let's take his other examples. Right? Um, the Odyssey. Uh, yeah. Um, the, the water margin. I really want to do something with the, with something water margin-like. Well, I've not actually mm. read the original books. I've only seen the, da- the damn uh, TV series. and um, Common problem in the UK. Yeah. Um, what, else, what else have we got? The Wizard uh, of Oz is an odd one. Yeah, I... I... I have never read it. I, I think mo- most people I know haven't read the books. There, there, are, there is a small but very enthusiastic fan base for them. Yeah, well, these are Padal. Um, if you listen 20- to this, Lisa, tell us all about about how to play in Oz. Twenty thousand leagues under the sea. Twenty thousand leagues under the sea is not really a campaign. It's an incident. It's a, it's a one off. Yeah, yeah. Though, though, though Nemo goes adventuring in his submarine. Yeah, with with a rotating cast of secondary characters. Okay, it turns into Doctor Who, but that's not a bad model. No, quite. Uh, there's a limited number of islands with strange things on it. That, well, actually, probably there isn't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Captain ne- actually Captain ne- Nemo of the Spaceways. Now that is actually not a bad idea. An anarchist fighting against the great empires with with a with a, a, a high high t- higher tech than they they've got spaceship. Well, actually, that 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 works quite nicely. Yeah, mm. Ch- chalk that one up. Put it put it in the box somewhere. <laughs> well, well, what else? We oh, Dracula. Well, uh, yeah, there is uh, there are several ways, and we and we know. All right, let's it, get it, it, during the playtesting. It emerged that well, well, Bill had heard of the Dracula dossier. He certainly hadn't read it, so yeah. he, he was he was coming to this thinking of a, a direct adaptation of the source material, not really looking at other ways, other role playing games ways in which they they de- dealt with this. Yeah. Well, uh, all right. Uh, get back to the structure of what he's giving us in this book. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, that that first chapter is really by far the best chapter. Um, it, it's the one talking about the high concept, about the premise and genre and mood and theme, and how how do you get not just a game that has um, uh, 
a big submarine. Mm. How do you get a game that has some of the feel of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea? Yeah. The, the trope, he talks about tropes a little and about, um, about genre a lot. What is slipstream? He talks about, about slipstream or new weird. Uh, that, that is something I have no idea what it means. A subgenre of science fiction, my lord. You're so helpful, Roger. You're so helpful. <laughs> Well, it, it, it's tricky because it hasn't really settled down. There, there are people who call themselves that, and there are people who call other, other works that. Oh, give me but, examples. But there is, no, because I can't remember any. But there is not solid consistency. Okay. I, I, I did fight a bit in the playtest that some, some of the genre things aren't really genres because you know, some of it is conventions of style and some of it is details of the setting, and you can, you can have hmm. a fantastic game that happens to be set in space. I've, I've just read a book which is basically the Napoleonic Navy in space. Hmm. That sounds perfectly reasonable. Put it in the show notes. But it's not science fiction, well, in, in any meaningful sense, because there's no science there. Quite. The answer to any scientific question is, because that's how, we, that's how it needs to work to have a Napoleonic Navy in space. It worked for, uh, for David Webber. Why, why, why well, you, why much you... more extreme than that. <laughs> they climb the rigging. Oh, yeah. Um, fair enough. We're not, we're not, you're not thinking about the... Um, uh, the the recasting of uh, of the the Maturin, uh books. I'm not talking about the David Drake RCN series, which I've also read and enjoyed. Okay, this is anyway. Anyway, the the, the rest of the book is, to to my mind, less interesting. But but I am an experienced GURPS GM, and it's basically advice on. Okay, you've decided what you want. How how do you implement it in GURPS? So if somebody is this rich, how do you decide how how GURPS rich mm. they are? If somebody has a house this big, or I yeah, know, it gets sort of it gets down into, into nitty gritty. It gets down into the sort of nitty gritty I generally hand wave, um, by and large. I think more interesting would be the means by which you make something like uh, magic or technology work in GURP, in GURPS terms. Um, he doesn't go on about magic very, very much. He does talk about narrowing down character choices because, as we said, the choices. Of the GM restricting and what's available is one of the primary tasks. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, thaumatology already has a certain amount of that, and to be honest, what's left to write would would be a very long book with almost no Gertz mechanics in it. I suspect. Mm, true. Uh, there is room for a short essay on, but, I, but again, film masters have done a, a magnificent job in thaumatology, and I am uh, probably uh, being too uh, fussy, wanting more. <laughs> the, there is uh, uh, there, there were arguments about how strong Odysseus should be in the playtest. Now you know what does he do? That's what's the strongest? What's the most fantastic? Well, thing there, he does? there were arguments about that. It's it's things like the bow that no other man can bend. Yeah, and, and th- things of that sort. But the the problem is, my feeling is. That is scale to the campaign. I mean, yeah. the, okay, there is a write-up of Odysseus in the book. I can't remember how many points he is, but he's, I think, somewhere around the four or 500 mm. level. And if I were running a campaign where the not-so-great heroes like the PCs were three or 400 points, then that would be fine. If I were running a campaign of um, the normal people who gave rise to the legends, then he yeah, would be quite. 150 or 200 points. I, I think... It depends very much on the sort of game that one is running, the sort yeah. of style and so on, the, the, the target power level, just just how strong you should be. Hmm. 
the answer is stronger than other people. Sure, yeah. but stronger than any of the stronger stronger than any of the suitors who are hanging around his wife. Definitely. Yeah, but they've been sitting around eating and drinking all, all, all day for ten years. So, oh, how, how, how did they get that gig? <laughs> I, I, I assume that that, that their um, ho- homelands were, were being um, taxed to pay for all this. But uh, ah, right, yes, bloated oppressors. Feeling a little bloated myself. There, there, there also there is also, of course, the consideration of hospitality. She couldn't throw them out. That is true. Yeah. Uh, uh, f- fish and guests begin to stink after three days is a is something that needed to be translated into uh, Attic Greek, <laughs> or do I mean my senior? Um, the the obviously obvious companion to this and the companion issue, which is never going to get published, but is a consideration, is adapting existing game settings to other systems. Something yep. we have um, both done a bit. There, there is one big rule on that. Yeah, which is do not try to adapt specific mechanics. Yeah, um, an example somebody was talking about recently: if you if you've got a, a giant earthworm which has the special power in the original game system of a ten percent chance of swallowing its victim whole, yeah, do not go messing around trying to get that ten percent. You may well have a if you if you attack particularly well, you can swallow the victim whole. Yeah. Uh, which you could build as a power in GURPS, or you could just say, "Well, I'm, I'm, I'm the going auto- to wave it." No, no, but, it's, but not, what, it's the automatic critical result. It could be that, yeah. But what you don't do is try to replicate the ten percent. No, um, you need you need the feel of uh, of the system, and sometimes when you're reinventing a setting, um, you you need to abandon what the earlier system said and implied, and go with what you think the world would be like. Because there are artifacts of system built into too many old publications. I'm thinking of Empire of the Petal Throne, yeah. which was not well served by, in my opinion, deferring to all the old star, old school gamers out there who who love it, um, was not well served by uh, by the core D and D system which it adapted, mm. and which I suspect the professor never used very much. Yeah, yeah. The, the closest I've come to this is is, is Gurp's Torg. Hmm. Um, where I didn't really try to replicate exact effects. When I was looking at Living Land Miracles, I said, OK, here, here is a GURPS magic spell that's reasonably close, that will do. Yeah. I'm also remembering um, GURPS Vampire. Mm. Which... That was odd. Uh, all, the, all the White Wolf adaptations were a bit yeah. odd. Well, e- e- in the day, we, d- we didn't have the formal power-building system that GURPS acquired in 4th edition. Yeah. But even so, um, it didn't. It would say, here, here is your vampiric gift X. It has the same name as the one in, in the original vampire book. But the, the nitty-gritty details of what it does are not going to be the same. I mean, it, it's still for being invisible or for moving quickly or for controlling people's minds or whatever. Yeah. But the exact details don't necessarily match up. Yeah, and let's, let's not for a, even for a moment dwell upon GURPS in nominee. Because, no. I've never seen it. <laughs> I, have a, I have a copy. I'll lend it to you sometime. It's... Uh... <laughs> Uh, the innominee itself has its pro- its problems, but they're not solved by gurpsifying it. <laughs> this is a this is an interesting book. It's it, it's like um, what Ken Height did with um, with Gerp's horror, it, uh, uh, which he he took from stuff he'd done um, in in other systems. It gives a vocabulary to the task of adaptation. 
and I think that's that's really quite quite important. Important. We're going to see more of this being used, and more people thinking about the vocabulary of adapt adaptation that he's put into it in the future. I think there is a lot of stuff out there. Uh, the vast majority of, of conventional linear fiction, the vast majority of which is never going to have an official role playing game. So even even if you're the sort of person who wants the official version, you're not going to guess it. Mm. Uh, and a lot of it is very interesting and, and clearly easy to adapt. So. Yeah, I am. I I've just had handed to me by uh, by, by some somebody in uh, Arms and Excursions what I think is a good mechanic for doing the magic in um, in Jonathan Strange and Mister Norrell. Now all I have to do is answer the question that one of my players put to me, which is yes, but uh, but magicians in that universe are the most uh, unclubbable and antisocial people um, in the universe. However, you're going to get them together. <laughs> Give them a bigger external threat is the traditional answer. Yeah, it probably works. Well, we recommend this book very much. So very yes. much so. Uh, the, the I think would only be written for GURPS at this point. But it's still useful for other for other systems. Better. Yeah, the, um, the, there's not a lot that's system specific in there. Yeah, but it's mo- it's mostly about here are here are general guidelines and here are specific considerations and here are one or two things you might be able to do with it. Also recommended to fanfic authors. Yeah, them too. If you want to tell us about your adaptation of A La Recherche de Tom Perdu to the role-playing uh, format, or how your campaigns have collapsed underneath you on occasion, uh, then you can either comment on the website or send us an email via podcast at takeli.ly. And we'll be back in another month. <music>